Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I was hoping to get this show going about 20 minutes ago, but between just things that need to happen in a given morning and now the fact that Windows Update has changed a setting somewhere deep within the darkest recesses of my computer that's not that's now adjusting microphone volume automatically. It's the one thing I don't want on. And of course, the computer's decided it knows better somehow. Even though I'm staring at the damn volume levels, it better not be doing that thing where it where it boxes in the volume. If that's what happens and I get to the end of the show and the audio quality is terrible, I'm going to be so upset. So very upset. It seems like it's it's handling itself okay. It's just going to be a little bit cockeyed, but whatever. We'll work our way through it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. I'm a little worried that the volume is going to get strange, and if it does, I apologize in advance. I will be doing a bunch of troubleshooting after I get off the show, but now that we've started, we just kind of have to go with it. Today is lesson learned day number one. I do very briefly want to talk about what happened in the playoffs play-in yesterday because it was uh, fun. Um, and we talked about how Minnesota plus eight and a half was just like seemingly the easiest play on the board. They almost biffed it because of overtime, led basically the entire ball game. Lakers led in like the final minute. Anthony Davis had that completely dim-witted foul that uh, almost blew the Lakers lead, did blow the lead. Game went to overtime. Lakers won it anyway. Uh, but they won by six, so Minnesota covered. Mike Conley was fantastic. Cat um, was was excellent. Slow-mo was excellent. All of these things that we sort of know and love. And you know, I, playoff leagues, I guess, are potentially happening right now. But this is a time of the year where we don't really have to worry about uh, the fantasy stuff unless something new and interesting pops up, and it didn't in... I would argue either of the ball games yesterday. It was nice to see Kyle Lowry have a better ball game, but you know, you're not going to buy into that going forward. And it's not like there's something happening in Miami where you're like, "Oh, you got to get on that." I suppose the only notable thing was that this combination of Clint Capella playing 28 minutes and Onyeka Okongwu playing 20 continues to be productive in on the fantasy side, on the reality side as well, actually. Uh, both of those guys were a, a plus in the plus minus yesterday, but just kind of looking towards next year. Obviously, we all want Clint Capella to move out of the way because Okongwu playing 28 minutes would be just an absolute juggernaut. But it's probably not going to happen. Atlanta uh, needs Capella, for better or worse. I know he went over for at the free throw line, but he was part of why they were so tough on Miami as a defensive unit. And then, like, we have to remember these things. There's, It's so easy to look at the numbers and say, well, Congo, you should just, like, get to play the entire ballgame. And again, from a fantasy standpoint, we definitely do want that. But from a reality standpoint, it's important to remember that the damage he's doing here is largely against second units. That's not to say that he couldn't handle himself against a first unit, but we've seen it before where defensively, more than offensively, defensively he does get cooked a little bit against really good starting units in a way that he just doesn't against the crap-dink second-unit teams that he's seeing. 
One of the nice things about this game, and actually kind of interesting, like Bam Adebayo played 41 minutes, Jimmy Butler played 38, nobody on Atlanta cleared 36 and a half. They had this game so well in hand that Quinn Snyder didn't even have to play his regulars 38, 39 minutes, which is a far cry from what you saw in the second game, even removing overtime in that second game. LeBron played 40 minutes in regulation. Uh, AD was at 38 in regulation, slow-mo 39, Conley 39, Torian Prince 38. Cat would have been up there as well, but he got himself into foul trouble. You know what? I I I I'm a little bit annoyed because there was the uh, the post game stuff on the Minnesota side was a lot of complaining about the foul discrepancy. And yes, there was a foul discrepancy, and yes, there was a free throw discrepancy in the second half. But I mean, did anybody watch that second half? That's complaining about it. Minnesota pretty much just shot three pointers for like the last 16 minutes of the ball game. So if you're wondering why they didn't get any free throws, it's fairly straightforward. And then uh, Chris Finch was complaining about how Cat got whistled out of the ballgame. He did have a challenge he never opted to use. I mean, the Lakers didn't like one of the fouls on Anthony Davis. They used their challenge. It didn't gain them much in... So there's this, like... And I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I, I, whatever. It's offseason, so we can get sidetracked if we want... There's this thing, this sort of uh, adage or mantra among NBA coaching staffs where you can only use your challenge if you think you can get the greatest plus-minus value out of it in the moment. And I think coaches sometimes get too locked in on that philosophy, which is basically... uh, like, if, if there's a, a three-point play or something like that where, you know, the, they feel like it should have been an offensive foul or something like that where points come off the board for one club and, like, in that moment you can see the very clear, here is the points we gained by using this challenge. And I actually think a lot of people probably hated when Darvin Ham used his challenge in yesterday's ballgame. And frankly, a lot of the stuff that Darvin did specifically in the first half of yesterday's game, I thought was kind of dumb. But the one thing I liked was challenging Anthony Davis's third foul early in the third quarter. Because it wouldn't have put him in strict foul trouble, but it would have put him right dangling on the edge. And so, yeah, in the moment, it didn't really change the game all that much. Yeah, it stopped Anthony Edwards from getting a couple of free throws, but, like, was he even going to make both of those anyway? because Anthony Edwards was awful in that game last night. So let's say he makes both even. Then you could say, all right, well, maybe this this overturn saved us two points, but we didn't even know. It might have only saved him one. That's not a really big value on the challenge, but the successful challenge took AD back down to two fouls and allowed him to maintain that same level of aggression that, looking at the other side, once Cat got his fourth foul in the third quarter, and, like, he made it through a lot of the third before picking it up. I think he had to come out, like, around the three-minute mark. So he lost, like, the last three minutes, but he was going to come in early in the fourth quarter then. Then he picked up the fifth foul pretty quickly. That fourth foul really took him out of his game. And sure, if you're Minnesota, you can be like, oh, well, the whistle sent him to the bench. But, like, if you disagreed with any of those earlier fouls, you have the opportunity to challenge it if I'm Minnesota, I look at this game and I'm like, look, my challenge 
keeping Cat on the floor while he was rolling is way more valuable than any one bucket later in the game might have been worth on a challenge. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. I don't know. Call me old-fashioned, but that's just the way I feel. It's not old-fashioned. I'm, I'm obviously making a joke here. But, like, if you disagreed with the calls and you really want your guy on the floor who was, I mean, Cat was unstoppable in the first half. Maybe consider using a challenge to try to save a foul if you disagreed. Or maybe you didn't disagree, and you're just pissed after a ball game. You need something to complain about. But there's a disconnect there, where if you felt like the foul was really wrong, and you felt like Cat was the guy running things for your team, use a challenge to keep him in the ball game. I don't know. I did. I didn't fully understand how that argument held up. Uh, from a betting standpoint, we knew Minnesota was going to keep this game close. There was just no chance. Uh, the unders was always the direction you should have been looking in these games. Both games went under. Miami by seven. Uh, the Miami-Atlanta game, I should say, by seven. The Lakers-Wolves game went under by 23, despite overtime. It was under by like 40-ish, right? Didn't it go to overtime tied at 98? Yeah, it was under by almost 40 points in regulation, close to that. And that's what we're talking about when, when we were talking about the looking at the totals in yesterday's games. These, these games are so intense and everybody's so tight coming into them that you just you look at it and you're like, all right, I, I got to start with the under and I'll look another direction if it, if it comes to that. That's it. There was really nothing that happened yesterday where you were like, yeah, I need to pivot back towards an over. Today, you could argue Bulls-Raptors, that line's come down so far that whatever value was on the under probably isn't there anymore. It opened at 217, and now it's all the way down to 212. Um, but otherwise, not much has, has changed through the overnight stuff. So whatever I said yesterday still basically holds on uh, on these Bulls-Raptors and Thunder-Pelican games. You know, th- these games just end up being... Hard fought, you know? The teams that are expected to just roll uh, don't. I mean, Miami lost. Lakers were on the the brink of loss. We'll have a couple more games coming up on Friday. We know uh, two of the teams involved, but we don't know who they're going to be playing yet. We'll find that out today. 
in uh, these are the lower bracket games. They did it that way because they wanted the team that lost the upper bracket to have a little bit more rest than the other one. There's just whatever like small advantages you can have built into getting the 7-8 versus the 9-10. Should be fun ones. I don't know if they'll be as, as good as yesterday. They probably, I mean, they'll be good. The teams aren't quite as, as strong, but that, I mean, it's not like we saw great basketball yesterday. We just saw really intense playoff games, and it was fun. Bulls-Raptors is going to be intense. I think the Bulls play pretty good defense here. Raptors' starting unit is excellent, so they'll have their hands full. Thunder, there's the whole, you know, are they going to be tight because it was sort of first playoff type of thing, but they also don't really have any pressure on them. Pressure's on the Pelicans to keep going because they're expected to win. So far, the team that's been expected to win has not looked particularly good, meaning the favorite in the first two games lost outright in the first one and, and lost against the spread in both. I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen in all of them, although here, like, you know, again, the Thunder, if you foul a few times down the stretch and you don't hit any shots to try to cut the lead down, you could easily see that get back up to six, kind of like the Lakers game did with Minnesota. Similar thing with Raptors-Bulls. Six points is a lot, though. I don't know. I always start with the underdog, and I always start with the under in these types of games. And then if I can talk myself out of it, I do. But anyway, that's where I sit on those. But let's get into the actual topic uh, from today. I, I did. I wanted to just spend a couple minutes on yesterday's ball games because they're fun right now, and I like to talk about them. And I have very few times during the course of an actual calendar year where I could come on this podcast and just blather about basketball. The playoff times, these are those times. By the way, how much fun is Sunday going to be once we get around to it? Ooh, boy. Sunday's going to be a blast, man. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, because then we got games all day. That's when the real fun stuff kicks in. Games all day, baby. Games all day. Um... Whatever, I don't get ahead of myself here. Uh, okay, so the lesson of the day, which you guys could probably gather by the name of the podcast or by the uh, the picture, if you're watching on the YouTubes, the YouTubes, that's what the kids are calling it these days, is that head-to-head -head leagues have got to change. And so, like, I know I take a lot of heat for being roto-friendly on the show. But I talk about head-to-head -head stuff. Even if I kind of bitch about it a little bit as it's happening, I still cover it. Because the vast majority of fantasy players play head-to-head. -head. And I'd be an idiot if I did a show only for roto players. In fact, getting the reputation alone was probably kind of idiotic because then people are like, oh, well, Dan, he mostly does Roto stuff. But that's just not true. I just prefer Roto stuff, and I try to convince you guys to at least try a Roto League. You could do it in addition to your head-to-head -head stuff. I, I That's what I do. I had six cash Roto Leagues. I had a couple of cash head-to-head -head leagues, and then uh, 30 deep, and I think there was one other one. So it was like 10 leagues this year. Uh, but I do like a 3-to-1 roto-to-head-to-head ratio because I like the leagues that I play in to be determined by the effort and skill that I put into them and not random 
twisted ankle luck or just rest day luck or, you know, team doesn't care luck or whatever it is uh, over the fantasy playoffs. But here's the thing. I, I, I say this to my wife and my children regularly, actually. I say you have two choices if they're met with some sort of adversity. If you're going to complain about it, you have to also do something about it. If you're not going to do anything about it, you can't complain about it. That's my rule. It's sort of math logic, if P then Q. If you're going to complain about it, then you've got to do something about it. Although I believe, looking back on math logic, the contrapositive is the thing that's always true. So that would be, uh, if not Q, then not P. You guys can look me up on this. I think I'm getting that right. So in that case, it would be, okay, so if P, then Q is, if you're going to complain, then you do something about it. So the contrapositive would be, if you are not going to do something about it, then you are not complaining. Which actually works out for our particular stance here. So my rule is, in life, if you're going to whine about it, that means you also have to be taking action. Because you're, you're doing something. You're whining as you're fixing. Uh, I don't want to fix this, but I'm going to do it. Your other option is shut up about it. And so that now is being applied to me. The guy screaming into the microphone on the Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I've been whining about it, so now it's time to do something about it. And what we're going to do about it, we're going to do it all together, and it's something that many leagues have been doing already. And the simple solution here is, forget all the, because there's like a bunch of things you can add on to. I think you guys can see my TV remote in the corner here. There's a lot of things that we can do kind of around the edges. Uh, I know a lot of leagues do um, cash payouts for top seeds during the regular season, and I'm not ac actually opposed to that in any way. I just don't think we even need to necessarily go that far. I think the solution is just shortening the season. And it's so simple and so... Well, yeah, I mean, simple is the answer to that. That it almost feels like we should have to do something more. But the reason that that solution becomes less simple is because we all want to play fantasy basketball. The basketball season went until April 9th this year. It sucks to have to end the playoffs four weeks early. And then let's say you've got, you know, the first round by, second round, finals, whatever like that. If your playoffs are three weeks long, your regular season now ends seven weeks before the end of the actual basketball season, which this year we can count it backwards. April 2nd, March 26th, March 19th, March 12th, March 5th, February 26th would be the end of the regular season. Which is, by the way, as it turned out this year, the week after the All-Star break. So that kind of stinks. That stinks for a number of reasons. Number one, it sucks to just have a month of the NBA wiped out from your fantasy league because games are happening and you're just like sitting back twiddling your thumbs, which by the way, great reason to add a Roto League to your ledger. But again, I understand that many of you are 
tethered to head-to-head and will never give it up. And that's okay. Personally, I wouldn't have any trouble giving up my head-to-head leagues. I'm going to continue to play them because I want to be able to talk about them uh, with some sort of educational value here on the podcast. I want to be able to do a show that's also geared towards folks that play head-to-head. And the type of player you use there is different. Things like punts, all that stuff, they come in on the head-to-head side that are less prevalent on Roto. You know, Roto, you could do like a one-category punt and get away with it, but more than that, you get crushed head-to-head. You can do as many as like a four-category punt and still win your league. You could never get bottom barrel four categories in Roto and get any better than about fifth place. I don't care how good you are in the other ones. It's just not going to happen. Because 5 times 12 is 60 points, and most of the Roto Leagues I'm in were being won by folks in the high 70s. And that's only if you actually win the ones that you're not punting. Anyway, again, I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole. So, yeah, it sucks to have to lop off the last four weeks, and then it sucks to turn the next three weeks into the playoffs, and then it sucks that... You basically have to end your regular season at the end of the All-Star break, and it sucks because, number one, you want to be able to have stuff happening during the, the basketball season. Like, we play this game because we enjoy it, and losing the last two months, your your regular season is over four months into the season, which what we need to do now is approach this from the other side. Because the things that pop into my head is like, damn it, I really want to keep this thing going. I love playing fantasy basketball. I want it to last as long as possible. Damn it, I want to be able to make a run if somebody on my team gets injured. If you have an early season injury in a shortened head-to-head season, you're done. You're just done. Like, Kawhi Leonard is actually a perfect example of this. He ended up having... By all accounts, a pretty damn successful season. Only missed his ADP by a round in totals and beat it by almost two rounds on the per-game side. But with head-to-head, obviously you're looking at totals. And and, and he's also a bad example because you're never drafting Kawhi Leonard in a head-to-head league as long as you live. He's way too risky of a proposition when you need somebody who's actually going to be in there playing his team's basketball games. But let's just use him as a hypothetical here. If you had a similar player who wasn't Kawhi Leonard, who you were hoping was going to play in close to 82 games, or try at least, and that player was good, drafted early, and missed two months at the beginning of the season, there's just no coming back from that. Your season is dead. With an extra three or four weeks on the end of your regular season, if you were able to play this thing out to the end, Kawhi actually could have kind of elevated your team to a decent playoff run. I mean, if you could have gotten into fifth or sixth place, you got some powerhouse Kawhi games down the stretch, but in a shortened regular season, no hope. None. So all of these things are very much factors, but at the same time, we cannot leave the head-to-head playoffs the way they are right now. I actually believe, and I don't think there's any empirical way to to prove this, but I actually believe that the head-to-head playoffs have tipped beyond the 50% mark in luck. Maybe not the first round right now, but certainly if your league is going until, and the Yahoo default setting is to lop off just the last week, which makes the finals the penultimate week, the semifinals the third to the last week, like those two rounds are completely cooked. Nobody's playing anymore. 
you got to use all of your weekly roster moves to drop superstars because they're just not playing every day. Or mid-round guys who are playing every other day on tanking teams. Or decent players on good teams who have their playoff position mostly locked up, so they're just getting days off. You just can't. The integrity of your head-to-head league is now, and honestly always was, more important than our small enjoyments. So that's the reason that it's time to take action. We have no choice. Right now, head-to-head playoffs are such a crapshoot that we have to just say, you know what? I know it stinks, and I know I'm going to miss having my league run longer. But all of the little annoyances that creep in from shortening your fantasy basketball season pale in comparison to the grand annoyance of having your league decided on luck. I'm sure the sixth place team in your league is going to argue with me because the sixth place team maybe got lucky and had their guys healthy uh, in the semifinal round of the playoffs, but I, I just don't care. If you kicked serious butt during the regular season, you should have edges in the fantasy playoffs, and it should be more than just the, oh gosh, I hope my guys play kind of edge. And... It goes to the other side as well. If you're in like fourth place at hard charging, but you have guys that are going to get rested, the integrity is is compromised right now. The integrity of head-to-head playoffs is compromised. And the only way to fix that is to remove the weeks where crap turns into a circus which means you pretty much have to start your playoffs at the end of the All-Star break. You need to squeeze out a week or two in there where the tanking teams are still messing around. And a lot of times it's because the tanking teams sold off their veterans and you can get like two or three weeks of the young guys stepping up. So there's actually kind of a fun element to the weeks coming out of the All-Star break where guys pop up. There are still interesting pickups for what would end up being your playoffs, but you don't have to drop everybody. And your good players are still playing. I mean, the, the you're still far enough from the end of the regular season. You're still seven weeks out from the end of the regular season that playoff seeding isn't even close to determined at that point. So the handicapping you did on your players towards the beginning of the year still makes sense. And look, if you want to dodge guys on tanking teams because you're worried they're going to do something a little bit goofy in late February, early March, that's fine. You know, there's always three or four teams that are a tank risk. But right now, over the final three to four weeks of the regular season, it's like 75% of teams are tank risks or rest risks or just don't care risks. That's too many. It's too many. The last two weeks, there were like five teams still trying. That's just a, I'm just throwing that number out there, but it's basically like the Lakers, the Wolves, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Pels, the Thunder. Who am I missing? Maybe one other team? I'm sure I'm missing a team that off the top, apologies to the team I'm sure I'm not throwing out there. The East was basically done. 
You had like the Heat and the Hawks still jockeying for position at the end. Raptors until the very last. Okay, like what are we calling that? Nine out of 30 teams were trying three weeks from the end. That's awful. That's truly unabashedly awful. And by the very end, I mean, nobody's playing that last week, but by the last week it was like four or five teams. But the simple fact is, you probably have 20 teams max playing their guys two and a half weeks from the end of the regular season. That's atrocious. That's impacting the final two rounds of a lot of playoffs. You know how many teams were trying at the beginning of March? Like, well, I mean, you've still got the tanking team, so that's not the right not right terminology. But you know how many teams were playing their regulars at the beginning of March? All of them. If they were healthy, they played. There were a couple of Spurs that were actually just not healthy at that point. And yeah, they weren't going to rush them back, but it's not like you didn't have warning on Devin Vassell, who had already been out for two months or whatever was going on there, or like... Uh, Trey Jones had been out for a few weeks already. So if those guys aren't back, they aren't back. But that's different than being healthy. Because, like, we saw Devin Vassell. He came back. He looked fine. And then they were like, ah, you know, I don't really want to do it. Zach Collins got bumped into a starting lineup. He played a handful of games in a row before they started playing him every other day. He was great for a few weeks there. Even the tanking teams were playing their guys. I'm yelling and I'm ranting and I'm raving about this, but at the same time, I also feel like most of you agree at this point. And the last thing I want to, the last point I want to make on this whole thing is, yes, I do complain about it. And now, yes, I'm finally doing something about it. But if this saves head-to-head leagues, then I'm all for it. If this saves head-to-head playoffs... You'll hear me complain way less, that's for damn sure. And I really do think that, you know, we'll have some tweaks, and and this is probably something we'll talk about, I don't know, maybe we'll do a show on it here during the offseason, maybe we'll do uh, just a segment on it leading up to next year. If indeed, anybody that listens to this show, I'm going to start assuming that you have some measure of control over the the length of your fantasy season. Now, Yahoo! Public Prize Leagues, those are always going to end with a week to go, you're going to get screwed by those. And don't worry, I'm still going to do streaming shows about that stuff. But if you're in a league with people you know, meaning not just a public prize league where you dropped in, parachuted in out of the sky, and you know the settings are not up to you. If you're in a league with friends, if you're the commissioner, whatever, I'm going to be doing a lot of shows based on the notion that you're ending your regular season with seven weeks to go. And you're ending your playoffs with four weeks to go. That's how we're going to do our handicapping. And it is going to change a few things. Meaning, uh, I would say even fewer risks on draft day. Specifically on the injury side for head-to-head. Now, we're we're, defi- we're trying to avoid a lot of that stuff anyway. Um, but like this year... Kawhi is not, he doesn't work because you knew he was going to sit every single back-to-back. Kristaps Porzingis was someone that I wanted everybody to take a shot on this year, and it paid off in massive, massive ways. With a shortened regular season, I'm not sure that I would have the same stones to do Porzingis on the head-to-head side. 
I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But there are going to be some little tweaks we'd have to make to adjust for the shortened regular season. Old guys actually are tougher because old guys tend to take a little time to get rolling. You probably want to lean harder into young guys. Uh, not rookies necessarily, but younger guys that can kind of start the year quickly. They got a lot of energy. They don't have to play themselves into shape. That'll be a thing. Rookies you almost have to avoid more because they tend to get good after the All-Star break, meaning almost your entire season will have happened before they can figure anything out. I think rookies get less valuable in that instance, and we already fade them in a big way. Maybe we'll do a whole show on this stuff. We'll see. I don't know. But anyway, the overarching point of all of this, and I think you guys get it at this stage, is it's time to save head-to-head leagues. You might argue they don't need saving. I disagree. Head-to-head leagues need saving right now. The playoffs are a disaster. People are quitting full-season fantasy basketball because the head-to-head playoffs are such a mess. Let's take crap into our own hands. Let's save head-to-head leagues. If you want to get into a head-to-head league that's not Yahoo Public, that's going to take you all the way to the bitter, bitter end of the season, let me know. We've got Ethos Leagues. My good friend Andre, who you've seen post in our YouTube chat room when we've talked about him here on the show, Andre will get you situated in Ethos League. You can post in the YouTube chat. You can leave a comment on YouTube. You can tweet at me, at Dan Bespers. That's probably the easiest way to do it. You can email in to roster at sportsethos.com. Uh, And we've got them going for baseball, basketball, football, and we're going to start hockey leagues for next year as well. So Ethos Leagues, they groweth, and I'd love it if all of you were a part of that. Also want to make mention, hey, welcome, by the way, to the very large number of you, it was a pretty good chunk, actually, that signed up for the wager pass over the last couple of days with coupon code ABSURD, A-B-S-U-R-D, 75% off the wager pass which again is like 11 and a half bucks off a $15 monthly membership. So you can get the first month for $3 and change. And if you didn't do it yesterday, you already missed out on two playoff winners. Aaron Bruski at the Hawks at plus five and a half. Uh, Wendell or Wendell. It's probably Wendell. Wendell. I call them Wendell like Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Kwan fun in our fantasy pro division also does prop bets. He hit the uh, Kongwu over. And so our guys are already 2-0 in playoff plays. Um, They're monsters. They're monsters. They've got futures getting ready to roll on the actual playoffs. Brew has more plays tonight on the play-in games. Every day you don't get it is a day you are missing out on winning. That's what these guys have just... I mean, they've been so hot for so long that it's no longer fair to just say they've been hot for that long. They just win. As a division, when you roll them all together, I think they've had 11 out of 12 winning months as a unit over the last calendar year. And if you're in on that, at $3.5 here, you're going to make back more than what you spent. And that's why we've got this code going, because we're so confident that anybody that signs up is going to win enough that they're just going to be like, yeah, i got to do this another month. You'll win more than $3.5. Crap, you win more than 15 It's vastly underpriced right now. So just check that out. That's at sportsethos.com. Click on the premium tab, choose get premium and select the wager pass. Or you can just follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. I'll be tweeting about it regularly. So will the ethos wagering feed. We will see you over on social media. This is Fantasy NBA Today, even if it's not fantasy all the time. Actually, we did fantasy today. 
It was Fantasy Leagues today instead of Fantasy NBA today. Enjoy the play-in games tonight. Tomorrow, we'll check out the uh, new slate of play-in games that we'll know for Friday. Uh, we'll got some more lessons that we'll dig into. It's a whole off-season, folks. I'm in no hurry. You shouldn't be either. Later for now.